Are you ready to be inspired, challenged, and strengthened in your faith walk? Are you ready to get breakthrough from those old cycles and thought patterns that you just can't seem to get freedom from? Then you've come to the right place. You are going to get freedom, you are going to get breakthrough, and you are going to get healing because that's the life that Jesus paid for. This podcast is not just talk. We're going to live it. I want to personally welcome you to my little podcast corner. My name is Jillian Ahonen, and I am so excited for what God's going to do through our time together today. Whether you're driving in traffic to work, out on a morning run, or sipping your coffee in a comfy chair, let's get our hearts ready for today's word. Hello, Jillian Ahonen here. I want to apologize for not putting out a podcast last week. It was a crazy week. Here I thought, I've got good momentum, I'm fine. Uh, My husband and I went away. We celebrated our 10-year anniversary. Finally, our anniversary was back in April. That'll tell you how, you know, how busy life is. And we finally carved out some time and we were able to get away and it was really, really special. And then the week after that, the kids and I went away to one of our favorite places that we've been going to for 11 years as a family to basically close out our summer. I know I shared with you that we decided we were not going to start until September 12th. So we had this little trip planned because we didn't do anything throughout the summer. And we got sick. It it just, it was a weird summer. And uh, so we wanted to kind of end the summer with something really fun for all the kids. So I took them to Oceanside, California, and we just enjoyed the beach and the ocean. And it was actually very warm there. Crazy. Normally we go. So I don't know. I guess September might be our new thing um, because the weather was really warm. And normally I get pretty chilly at the beach. That didn't happen. Actually, there were some moments where I'm like, okay, this is too hot for me to be out in the sun all day long. And that anyway so we did that and then the following Monday we were supposed to start school which we did and I thought oh no problem we'll roll right into this we'll get things going and it just didn't happen I did not have the space or the time to clear enough quiet in this house in this crazy busy non-stop always moving house uh, to have a podcast episode for you guys so here I am I'm able to record, so yay, and I I really don't have a message prepared today, but I mean, come on, do I ever? It's usually whatever the Holy Spirit puts on my heart, and this week, well, actually, just a little bit ago, about 20 minutes ago, I was praying, and I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm going to have a quiet window in my house. Do you have anything for me? And he reminded me of a recent conversation that I just had the other night. My husband and I went out and celebrated my mother-in-law's 79th birthday, and she's such a sweetie. So, you know, you get her a little birthday sash and flowers, and she was just loving the attention everywhere she went. We went to a winery that's her favorite place to go to, and it's just beautiful ambiance and, you know, really yummy food. Oh, my goodness, they have really good food. And so we were indulging in all the yummy, yummy food there. I had a Uh, Caesar salad with grilled salmon on it. Oh, it was so good. I don't know what they do with their Caesar dressing, but it's different. It's very unique and I thoroughly enjoy it. I actually crave it. But anyway, so she's walking around proudly with her sash and she comes back to the table and she goes, everywhere I go, everybody's saying happy birthday because I have my birthday girl sash. It was super cute. Um, Anyway, so we did that and I was in conversation with one of her friends who's become a good family friend of ours also. And I don't know how we got on the subject of church hurt. And I was sharing just a few things that I had experienced 
And I wanted to talk about that today. I feel like there are so many men and women who have either been raised in church or been a part of a church and you've experienced some really overwhelming and and I'm going to I'm going to say this not okay things um from church leadership and you know things like that maybe the pastor I don't know but there are many of us and I'm included in that us I've experienced some pretty crazy things um maybe not nearly as devastating as some and I wanted to share my story today. I wanted to share my testimony, not from any kind of like preachy or teachy way, but in a way that says, look, I'm living proof that we can experience some pretty hard things in our church family and in a church culture and within the body of Christ and come out of it without any residue, come out of it rooted in Christ come out of it so that we're not filtering God through our hurt and the brokenness in man. That happens a lot. And so as I'm sharing with her some of the things that I've experienced, I don't have any triggers that I'm feeling. She can clearly see that I am not I, I'm not phased by it. I'm not carrying these wounds from the past. I'm not coming from a place of wounding to the point where when I share my experiences, it's not coming from a heart of bitterness or criticism or bashing. One of the things that she said to me was at the end of me sharing one of my stories and one of my experiences, she said, you know, it's pretty amazing that you're so grounded and you're so rooted in God and you don't have an anger towards the church or towards God. And I looked at her and I said, the church is the bride of Christ. The church is God's heart. We're the church. I'm the church. And I'm not going to allow the enemy to use these situations to create a resentment towards God's design. There is a purpose in the church. There's a purpose for us. And there was even a purpose for me in walking through what I did. And so as I share some of the things that I've experienced I want the highlights. I, you know, I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you in whichever way He has for you. I think, I think as I share my experiences, um, I think the Holy Spirit is just going to start speaking and ministering to you, and and talk to you personally on a very personal level. So I don't want to take away from that. But if you could um, just realize. The way that I navigated each and every situation was very separate. I didn't leave out of hurt. I didn't leave out of being offended. I didn't go searching for the perfect church. And I really did not make any decisions until I talked to God about it. And the other thing that um, I want you to notice is that I had my own walk with the Lord that was a hundred percent separate from my church community, 
We oftentimes go to church on Sunday, get fed by the pastors at church and forget that we have a table set up for us at the feet of Jesus and he wants to feed us. He wants us to come to him because going to him gives us access to God and God wants to fill us. He wants to meet us. He wants to pursue us. He wants to empower us with his Holy Spirit to teach us his truths. He wants us to be rooted in his word. He wants us to have relationships relationship with him that is totally separate from our relationship with our brothers and sisters in Christ at church and separate from what we get out of a church service on Sunday and our community and our small groups and our Bible studies and those worship nights and everything else. That is one facet. And a lot of us miss that. And so that's one of the big keys that I really, really, really want to make very clear is that when you do not have your own separate relationship with God and you are not going to him personally and building relationship with him in his word and communing with him on a regular basis, these church situations are going to rock you. And you're going to feel tossed at sea and you're going to feel lost and you're really going to have a hard time seeing God for who he is because it's it's going to set you up to define God through man. And that's that's a lot of times what happens. So as I share my testimony, you're going to notice that my relationship with God was completely and totally unfazed in every single situation that I experienced because I had cultivated a relationship with him that had nothing to do with church on Sunday. Before I share some of the different experiences that I've had in my church lifestyle, I just wanted to let you know that I did grow up in a Christian home And so church was a part of my upbringing. It was very normal and natural for me, even as an adult, to go find a community to establish my family and I in. And so that was just kind of already a part of my upbringing. And so it was an easy decision to make. And the first church that my family and I, as a newly married young couple, this was with my previous marriage, um, the first church that we established ourselves at as a family that was apart from my own family, you know, we go and we find one for ourselves. And, um, I personally grew, I personally grew so much under his preaching. This was a pastor that really encouraged us week after week after week to get into the word, to get into the word, to get into the word for ourselves. And it, and I didn't really, I honestly felt pretty overwhelmed and intimidated by the Bible. It was just kind of big. And I'd only done devotionals and women's studies and stuff like that up until that point or listened to messages. Um, but knowing getting preached this week after week, you think like, Oh, probably important. I should listen to my pastor. And um, so I, I didn't have a hunger for the word, but I asked the Lord for a hunger for his word because I really struggled to focus. And um, so God just really started to put a hunger in my heart, a hunger for his word. And I wanted a new Bible. And so my husband at the time, he bought me a new Bible and it was an NLT study Bible. And I really started getting myself rooted in the word of God on my own, separate from church. And his word really started to become alive in me. And I started to realize that I have this very personal relationship with God. I can talk to him. I can bring him anything. I can pray. And um, it really set me up for a powerful and intimate relationship with God, me personally and individually. And so anyway, this this church that we were a part of, they... Um, 
the worship pastor actually felt led to go establish a church in another state, and my family and I felt like we were supposed to go with them. I'm not going to get into all the logistics and all the details because that would just take up way too much time. Bottom line, we packed up our little Camry and moved across country with three kids and a cat, and um, that was an interesting experience. We instantly loved the church community. We had never really had any relationships with these people. We were just getting to know them. And it was the first time in my, as I, as we were getting to know them, it was absolutely beautiful. It was incredible to be surrounded by all these people who love Jesus, who love God, who want to serve him, who want to establish a church. It was a beautiful thing. I'd never been a part of anything like that in my life. And so it was very, very special for me to be a part of the bigger picture. One night we were at the house of a young couple and we were in the living room all hanging out as a team. Uh, not everybody was there. I don't believe the past, the head pastors were there, but most of us were. And we were just in deep conversation, talking about God and things like that. And this one night in particular, I was floored by a conversation that came up because I had never, ever heard of different denominations believing different things and different theological stances. I I was seriously under the impression that if you read the Bible, if you called yourself a Christian, we all believe the same thing. So I was blown away at this conversation where they were talking about the things that I was taught about God exists today. They were saying it was null and void, not for today, and God doesn't work that way anymore. And they were talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit and things like that. Now, I'm not going to get into a theological debate with anybody today. I'm just want, I just want to share this kind of corner and this kind of story. I'm not here to prove anything at all. I just want to talk about what happens when we go to a church and we find out that they believe something different than us. Most often we leave, right? I mean, we're like, wow, you don't believe the things that I believe. And we build a wall. We allow division to happen in our heart. Maybe we get offended or hurt, whatever. And we go find people who believe and agree with us, right? I mean, that's typical. That's typical human reaction. Interestingly enough, I did not do that. I was actually kind of confused because I had never heard this theology before. And I, I didn't bring it up in the conversation that night. I was really just an observer. I was just listening. I wasn't going to sit there and try to defend my belief system. I didn't think I could, honestly. <laughs> um, but I did go home and I talked to some family members and I talked to some other people and I was like, you know, I'm just really confused. This is what they said. This is the scriptures that they used. And I will tell you that every person that I brought it up with, they were so strong in their stance and they so believed their why and they had the scriptures to prove that they were right. And I'm talking from both sides. Okay. But it never brought peace and it never really settled the answers that my heart needed. One could so easily just dismiss that. I mean, it is so easy to find ourselves in church environments and just cut people off, cut people out, decide they're wrong, defend our why, argue back, debate back, leave the community. And um, I didn't feel I was supposed to. I really felt like God brought us to this church and I had this, I, I look back and I'm like, it, it had to have been the Holy Spirit guiding this. I went to God. I just went to him and I said, God, I am confused. 
I don't know what to believe. And I want to know your heart. I want to know your truth. I don't want so-and-so's opinion. I don't want that opinion. I don't want to read that book. I don't want to, you know, we, we could listen to messages. I mean, come on, let's be real. We can research and we can look up and we can listen to some passionate leader preaching about their whys and their beliefs. And I think there are a lot of really good things and there are really so many good quality messages. But if we don't go to the Holy Spirit with an open heart that says, I want to read your word from a place of awe and wonder and innocence and and really go to the Lord without any clouding of some already preconceived ideas of what to believe. Because honestly, if, if we're doing that, we're going to filter scriptures through our belief system and our belief system can be skewed. That is the truth. That's why we have so many different denominations. That's why we have so much division in the body of Christ, because we can actually read scripture through our human understanding and block that the Holy Spirit wants to give us wisdom beyond our human understanding. And I found that oftentimes people will interpret scripture through what they can understand through their own personal experiences or through a wrong theology, through man's opinion. And I've even read some books um, of, of, we're talking like, like Bible historians and very known names, theologians. And what's interesting is a lot of times their commentaries and they'll take scripture by scripture by scripture and I'll look up certain passages to try to find what their comments say and they're not even in there. They don't comment because they don't know how to explain it. Well, guess what? We can't explain God. So that's where faith comes into action. Anyway, God settled it in my heart. If you want to know what I believe, I do believe that the ministry of the Holy Spirit is alive and well. God still moves the same way he moved before. Those gifts have not ceased. I personally walk in a lot of those gifts in the prophetic and words of knowledge. I have literally laid hands on people. I have seen the sick healed. I have seen broken legs get healed. I am living proof that God is who he says he is. He has not changed. And we are going to continue to see the bigness of God move through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And these gifts are available for us today. And I'm not going to try to convince you of that. Otherwise, if that's something that's a struggle or a question mark, I'd encourage you to go to the word. Go to the word and in bold faith, say, Holy Spirit, teach me. Now with that, you would think maybe I'd leave the church, right? No, I didn't. I didn't even feel like I was supposed to. I quietly just felt such a confidence and such a peace in my heart that I knew what God was saying and I knew that he brought us to this church and I didn't know what he wanted from me there. I didn't know what he was going to do. I just knew this is where we're at. I didn't take it personally. I didn't even bring it up with them. I didn't start debate. I didn't argue. You want to know why? These people were so beautiful and so precious to me, and they truly and genuinely loved Jesus, loved with their whole heart, served with their whole heart. And why would I judge because they think that the Holy Spirit doesn't work that way anymore and decide that I needed to get away from them? This is my family, you guys. These were my brothers and sisters in Christ, and I was doing life with them, and I was serving with them, and we were doing, I mean, it is hard work, right? Establishing a church plant is hard work, and it was the most beautiful season of my life, and the more I drew 
close to God, the more I had this, this relationship in the secret place with him, I grew personally. I became rooted in truth. I became that firmly planted tree that was bearing fruit in all seasons because that is what God is calling each of us to be. And we can't get there when we're getting offended by our environment and we can't see God's heart for the body of Christ. Interestingly enough, uh, I, I'm just going to say it. The messages were really boring. It was really, I mean, this, this, this is not a personal attack against this particular pastor, but he was a worship leader. And I just don't think he really knew how to, knew how he, he was just all in for God. He just wanted to go, you know, and that's fine. I'm not a preacher. I've never been trained. So, you know, but, but his messages were just really, really boring. And I really, really struggled week after week to get to church. It's so funny because I was thoroughly loving community. I love serving, but I really struggled to hear um, the messages on Sunday because it just didn't feel like he was really getting to a point ever, ever. I'm, I'm serious. It was just like he was repeating the scripture, but not really making his point clear, just repeating. And I don't know. It was weird. Anyway. All right. I'm going to challenge all of us, right? What happens when you're bored with a message, when you don't like the way the pastor preaches and blah, 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 and you get all that and that starts to bother you and it becomes this, you know, magnified problem. And all of a sudden you stop going to church on Sunday. You're like, oh, I need to find a new church. I can't. I didn't. I went to the Lord and I said, God, I am really, really struggling to listen to my pastor every week. I, I, I'm trailing off. I'm finding myself getting annoyed and irritated. Nothing, nothing is making sense. I'm having a really hard time. And you know what God said to me? I'm not going to say his name, but he said, tune him out and tune into me. So that's what I did. I went to church on Sunday and I said, okay, Lord, what do you, what do you want to say through him to me today? What, what are you going to say to me, to my heart? What do you have for me today? And I went with a hunger and a faith that believed that God was going to use this man's servant heart to teach me. And it was powerful. Messages were coming alive inside of me. The pastor really struggled to get to a point. I really never even understood his point. But the scriptures that he was speaking, the Holy Spirit would say something to me. And all of a sudden, I'm getting ministered to and I'm getting fed. And I'm not getting fed by my pastor. I'm getting fed by the Holy Spirit who's using the simplicity of my pastor to speak to me. And I grew and I grew and I grew and I grew in my faith walk and I grew in my understanding of the word and I grew in, in, in the ability to hear the Holy Spirit speak to my heart, even in the middle of listening to somebody else. It was crazy. I was able to sift through and receive what the Holy Spirit had for me. And I walked away with a fresh word every week. Realize that there are times where God will ask us to leave, and I'll share some of those stories in a minute. But sometimes God is trying to use these uncomfortable, 
not perfect, seemingly controversial situations to solidify some things in our own hearts on a personal level to cause us to go deeper in relationship with him, to help us learn to discern his voice no matter what we have going on around us because that is going to set us up for victory no matter what we face in life. These church experiences are supposed to grow us and challenge us and shape us and mold us to be steady, solid warriors for the kingdom of God, ones that don't need to be spoon-fed every week by the pastor. If you followed me for any amount of time, you know that's why I teach the things I teach, because the journey that God has had me on has been an incredibly uncomfortable journey. I have not had the perfect setup. I have never been to a perfect church, and I don't plan on that here on earth. But I am a part of the body of Christ. This is the bride, you guys. This is the bride of Christ, and he loves his church, and I'm going to be a part of it. I'm going to be in on what God is doing on the earth through his church, and I'm not going to give up. I am not going to give up on the church. God did eventually release us because we moved out of state, and there were so many amazing and beautiful things that I experienced in that one year of living in really, really bad weather. You guys, I'm a Southern California girl. I don't do harsh winters, (laughs) but I survived it. Actually, I more than survived it. I overcame it. I was victorious because God did something so beautiful and so powerful in the most uncomfortable situation with uncomfortable weather, a bad marriage, okay? My marriage at the time was not good. The church environment was not the greatest. There were a lot of other things that I'm not going to share today. But because that uncomfortable situation and those questions and the struggle and everything that popped up, and I just went to my Heavenly Father and I went to His Word and I grew stronger in my faith because of that season. I look back at that hard season and I'm like, wow. God, you are so good. You established something so beautiful in my early 20s because I didn't run, because I didn't try to escape it, because I didn't blame, because I didn't get offended, because I didn't go try to find a group of people who believed what I believed. I saw the beauty in God's church and I saw the beauty in my brothers and sisters. And that set me up to continue to be able to handle, manage, and overcome some really, really painfully hard situations through the body of Christ. The other situation that the Holy Spirit is highlighting to me that I feel like I'm supposed to share today is um, the first church that we were a part of when we moved to the valley out here. I lived in, I live in the Temecula Marietta area, so there's tons of churches throughout the valley, some really good ones. Um, And we were a part of one in particular that, um, again, I love the people there, Um, but it was a very, very unhealthy church. I'm not sure where they're at today. I actually, my husband and I prayed after we left. So I'm kind of like going all over the place with my story here. But once we left, we actually prayed and we blessed the church and we asked God to move powerfully in them and through them. And we really released everything that we experienced. And again, I'm just going to say this from the beginning. We did not leave without the green light from God. We did not leave offended. Um, I did have some hurt in my heart that I had to deal with. Um, but you know, Jesus is healer. He's amazing. And, um, so I, you know, I don't know where they're at today. I, I really hope that they're a flourishing and healthy church. I really, I really hope and pray that they've grown. I'm not sure if they have. Um, 
But either way, I'm going to share what I've experienced. So we were a part, like all in. I'm an all in person. If I'm going to go, I'm going to be all in unless God tells me otherwise, unless God has a different thing for me. So, you know, we're in, we're all in, we're, we're just doing life. This is our family and our church family. And, um, what was interesting is there were several things that I noticed going on that were really unhealthy. For example, I went on a women's retreat and I was pretty uncomfortable with some of the conversations with some of the women, including the pastor's wife, who was talking about how, yeah, you know, the guys think that we're on a women's retreat, um, but it's a good excuse to just go out spending money, going to the mall and eating at restaurants. And it was just like, okay, that was weird. You know, I, (laughs) I'm not going to say that was weird. That is absolutely a hundred percent wrong wrong, 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 wrong. And it really hurt my heart. It didn't make me mad. I wasn't angry at them. I just was sad. I'm like, wow, how, how sad to be that disrespectful. And I actually want to grow and I want to learn. Um, and one of the things that I noticed at the church is we don't really pray. We have no prayer ministry going on. We don't have a team. It's a fairly small church at this point. We don't have a team where we're praying for our church. We're praying for the people that God sends, you know, just a private, separate prayer ministry team that is praying specifically for what God wants to do um, in that particular house. And so I brought it up to the pastor's wife and we came home Saturday evening. So then the next day at church on Sunday, part of the announcements from the pastor, he said, we're going to start a prayer ministry. So I was like, wow, that's really cool. You know, it was settled right away. She must have gone home and and shared it with him and they made a decision. And so he, he just basically said once a month, we're going to meet at my house and we're going to pray specifically for the church, for the people that come and the needs and things like that. And so that was really cool. But see, look at what would have happened if I would have just gotten offended with what these women were saying and be like, oh my gosh, they're dysfunctional. They're a mess. I got to get out of here. Um, but because I have been so trained in God, this is where you have me. What do you have for me? How do you want to use me here? I am just, I'm more busy listening to what he says and I just share and I bring things to the table and things like that. And God was already establishing it and, um, it was kind of cool. Well, things got pretty ugly. Uh, I started to notice that if any family left the church, the pastor would have a message the following Sunday on how disruptive it is to leave a church and how you're divorcing the church and how you're creating her and to stay away those kinds of people that they're divisive and things like that. And I just thought, oh, this is really odd. I mean, some of the things he was saying, I I kind of agreed with because, you know, I don't believe we should leave a church offended. But I mean, if God sends a family out, that happens all the time. Why are we making a bashing preaching message about it this week, especially when I noticed a family stopped coming? Well, I I did start to notice a theme and then there were other messages that he would give. We were the only family who drove a big suburban and this was a fairly small church, a fairly small church plant. And we are tithers, just so you know, we're tithers. We believe in tithing. Um, but it was really interesting because some of his messages were basically saying, if you have a big house, if you drive a nice car, you're not tithing enough. And it was almost like painting a picture that we should all barely be surviving financially. And if we're not, then we're not tithing appropriately. That's, that's a harsh assumption to make, um, and not fair. 
And to be perfectly honest with you, my family in that season was really struggling financially, like really struggling financially. And one Sunday, he literally preached a message talking about, oh, yeah, you know, those families that drive the big $40,000 SUVs, and we are the only ones who drive a big Suburban. Everybody at the church drives smaller cars. We are the only ones with five children, and yes, we drive a big Suburban. And it was definitely a slam. I mean, it, you could not get any more clear. I'd already kind of gone, hmm, some of his messages sound pretty manipulative. Uh, but this one was, that one was, <laughs> that was a smack in the face. I could have gotten offended. We could have left the church, but we didn't. Now, the sad thing is he missed out on a lot. We were actually struggling financially. And the only reason why we could afford the Suburban is because we we sold my falling apart Suburban that was like literally on its last breath. There were more, um, more things broken with it that would have cost more money to repair than it would be just to put it to rest and bury all the memories. <laughs> so we were at that point in time and we definitely couldn't afford another uh, large family vehicle, especially because before um, my husband and I got married, he drove around a BMW and that was killing us. The insurance on that thing, the monthly payments on that thing, it was really, really just killing us. And he's like, you know what? This is stupid. This is stupid that I'm trying to hold on to this. I get a company car from work because I travel. He travels and he drives a lot. So the company actually uh, gifts him a car. They pay for it. And when the miles get really high, then he gets a new one. And that's just part of his job description. It's part of his salary. And um, so he already had this car and he's going, this is such a waste of money to have this car that we really can't afford and we need to get a family car. So he sold his BMW for the family, which I thought was an incredible and very selfless act, drives around for himself personally and for work, a car that he really doesn't like. He's six, six. And so he was cramming into this not so big little Ford and it was not the most comfortable. And it was, I mean, no offense to Ford drivers. I'm a Chevy girl, but I, I just, I personally didn't like the car at all. And you think, man, he got rid of his BMW for this little thing, but it was free and it worked, you know, and it, and it enabled our family to get a good vehicle that fits our family, that fits our budget. And it was a really good financial decision for all of us. And how unfair to assume that we're living the good life with all this money raking in the dough because you see two nice cars but you don't know the story behind it. You don't know what happened behind that. Now, I could have really gotten hurt. I could have gotten offended, right? All of us, like it's so easy, but I'm so rooted in my confident trust in the Lord. And I don't really care what somebody else thinks. Cause I will tell you right now, God has taken me on such a stripping journey where I have really had to deal with my, um, my insecurity that cares what other people think when I know I'm not in the wrong. Now, it's one thing if I'm in the wrong, okay? That's an opportunity to grow. But in these situations that I was experiencing, I knew I wasn't in the wrong. I knew I was okay before the Lord. And I was okay if they didn't know it. I wasn't offended. I wasn't going to take it personal. I realized it was the dysfunction in this pastor and his fear and his control and the way he was operating a manipulation that was the problem. It wasn't mine. 
It wasn't mine to wear. It wasn't mine to carry. And honestly, we didn't feel released from the church. Not at all. We didn't feel like we were supposed to go. We stayed. So we continued to stay. And another thing that I noticed during that season was there was no women's ministry. There was no Bible study for women. There was no women's ministry. And I, God put it on my heart to ask the pastors if I could um, invite the women into my home and head up a women's ministry. And I had this book on my heart that God gave to me and I, um, I brought it to the pastors and they both approved it and I had the green light. So I started gathering the women in my home and we started going through this book and then we would have the discussion questions each week and pray together. And I noticed that when the pastor's wife came, it was not as heartfelt and deep. She was very passive aggressive. She wanted to joke around. She wanted to be sarcastic and it really took away. And it was so interesting because the weeks that she couldn't make it, we would go deep. I mean, we would open up, we would share. The women were praying for one another. And I'm like, what is going on? This is so odd. Didn't really think anything of it. Just really saw the barriers and the blocks that God really wants to do a work through these women. And he can't. Because there is something in the head pastors that are not allowing deep things to happen. And I went to the Lord with it. And one of the things that he had showed me was that they have been serving in ministry for so many years and they've really been hurt by people. And um, so it, it gave me compassion for their hearts. Not that it's okay. Again, I'm not saying any of this stuff is okay. But you'll, you'll start to see as I share some of my stories why I'm so passionate about having our own personal relationship with Jesus. Why I'm so passionate to, to not be so quick to judge and cut people off. And also why I am in extremely passionate about dealing with our stuff, getting right before the Lord, because hurt people hurt people. And we need to start dealing with what's going on in our hearts individually and personally. So anyway, back to my story. And these people clearly did not deal with their hurt in ministry and in leadership. They didn't deal with it. And they were operating out of fear, control, manipulation. And they were very passive aggressive. And they were very sarcastic. And they were hiding their hurt and their fears and their, their need for control behind being the funniest. And so they always had to crack jokes. It was almost to the point where they were so uncomfortable with an emotional moment, they had to take it away by making a sarcastic joke. One day, um, the Holy Spirit put on my heart to share my testimony. And I was kind of arguing with the Holy Spirit. And I was like, yeah, I'm not prepared. I'm not sharing my testimony. And um, he just kept saying, share your testimony, share your testimony. I'm like, I am not sharing my testimony today. I'm not prepared. I'm not ready for this. No, thank you. Well, how many of you know when you argue with God, he always wins and I lost. So I lost the argument that day, which is fine. It's called obedience and surrender. <laughs> I mean, I guess um, in a sense we could maybe win, but we're really not winning if we disobey God because there's consequences and then we're not walking in grace, but that's a whole nother message. So anyway, I surrendered and obeyed and I was incredibly nervous. And what I do sometimes when I'm incredibly nervous is I bake because it makes me happy. And my um, oatmeal chocolate chip cookies are loved by so many. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to break the ice for myself and everybody else and I'm going to bake. And so I'm in the kitchen and I'm just getting all the baked goods together and I'm whipping up a nice, hot, fresh batch of ooey gooey oatmeal, dark chocolate chip cookies. And I am just praying and I'm trusting and I'm believing that God's going to speak through me. And I'm just saying, okay, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to say to these ladies today? I just want to glorify you. I want to honor you. What corner of my story do you want me to share? 
And um, so all the ladies gather and we're all in my living room and I pull out the cookies and everybody's eating and enjoying and we're fellowshipping and it's time to begin. And I share with them what God had put on my heart that I felt like we were supposed to like skip the chapter this week do it the following week. And I felt like I was supposed to share my story. I want to, I want to share a little backstory here. Um, these women actually didn't like me. They didn't like me at all. And I felt it and I knew it and I knew it for a long time. I tried to talk to my husband about it and he didn't believe me. He's like, you're crazy. You're making this up. I'm like, no, I've been through life long enough and I've discerned long enough. These women don't like me. There's something about me that they don't like, and I and I don't know what it is. And and like I said, when you have the confidence of the Lord, you don't need people like you to be okay. Seriously, this this is powerful stuff, you guys. You can be in the most uncomfortable situations, and you're fine. You're fine because you're already rooted that God has accepted you and He loves you. And so when you're discerning something, you don't need to get away from it. You don't need to cut people off. You see, I'm called to love people. I'm not called to judge them. If I'm judging them because they're judging me, then I'm no better, correct? That's scripture, okay? So anyway, I, with my whole heart, I'm all in. I'm rooted in the word of God. I'm rooted in the love of God. I'm already accepted by him. I'm pouring into these ladies. I actually genuinely have a love for them. And I'm sharing whatever the Holy Spirit highlights on my heart in that moment of all the things that I've gone through using food for comfort and, um, overindulging and feeling very sick and tired and lethargic. I mean, that's one facet of my story. Um, getting pregnant as a teenager and how God used that and what he did in my life at that time, the turnaround, being married and in, in an abusive and violent marriage with somebody who was a drug addict. You know, I'm just sharing. Okay. But I'm sharing from a place of victory. I'm sharing from a place of wholeness and I'm sharing from a place of hope. Like, look, no matter what you're going through, no matter what your struggle is, our God is good. And he has good things for you. When we call upon his name, when we go to him, when we trust him, Now, interestingly enough, when I was done sharing my story, most every single woman in my living room was broken down. They were that like the walls were broken down. I could feel it in the atmosphere. I could feel the Holy Spirit was moving. There was a softness and there was a tenderness in the atmosphere that day. Oh, by the way, that particular day that the Lord told me to share my testimony, guess who didn't come that day? The pastor's wife. You know, he knew she wasn't coming that day. And he knew he needed to do some things in these women that day. One woman came up to me and she said, I have to apologize to you. She's like, I actually hated you. I I did not like you. I didn't even know why. I just wanted nothing to do with you. I hated you. And as you shared your story with me that day, I realized how much we have in common. And I realized that I've been judging you unfairly. And I'm really, really sorry. I just hugged her. And I just said, I love you. Thank you. I forgive you. I don't hold it against you. She didn't have to say that because I never knew. I I discerned that there were women that didn't like me, but I didn't, I didn't have any proof. It was only the Holy Spirit who was trusting me with information. She didn't have to say that to me. God was doing something that day. He was breaking in the atmosphere. He was breaking down the walls. One woman opened up and confessed that she was struggling with um, taking dietary pills, that her husband was addicted to pornography, and that she was feeling really insecure and really broken. And we all just rallied around her and loved her 
and prayed for her and believed for turnaround in her marriage, believed that God was going to touch her husband, believed that God was going to touch her, that she didn't have to rely on the dietary pills. She could rely on Jesus, her healer, and find her confidence and, and her strength in him, that she's beautiful and she's fearfully and wonderfully made. It was the most beautiful moment of my life. There were more things going on that day. There were more women praying for women. There was so much breakthrough and beauty, all from just obeying. Remember, I already had been given some pushback. I've already been, a, a, you know, where I could have been offended. But God wasn't done with me and this church environment. He was using me. And I've learned over time the value and the importance of saying, Okay, Lord, here's what I'm seeing at this church. Am I here to intercede? Am I here to to go talk to the pastor and bring something to him? You know, I go to the Lord with the information of what I'm seeing through the Holy Spirit revealing things to me. And I ask God what his purpose is and what my position is. And I step into that confidently. I mean, look at my first church situation that was really hard and uncomfortable. God rooted me in a relationship in, in hearing his voice and rooted in his word in a way that I had never experienced before. I was so familiar with his voice and so familiar with trusting and following him that this situation that happened years later, and there were other situations in between, but that's not what I'm sharing today, uh, that this situation uh, that happened years later that was actually much harder than the other situations I've experienced, it didn't shake me. It didn't rock me. It didn't cause me to run. God was using me. He was doing something. Well, one person that came that day got offended. She didn't like that I shared my story. There was something that I shared that day that didn't sit well with her. I don't know what it is. I can guess and usually I'm right because it's usually the Holy Spirit that's kind of highlighting something. But I'm not going to go on assumption today. I'm just going to say she was not okay that I didn't do the original plan and that I shared my testimony. Her offense blocked her from her breakthrough. That's a word for somebody today. If you're walking in offense, if you find that you are offended easily, you are going to miss the breakthrough and the healing touch that the Holy Spirit has for you. And she missed it that day. I believe that the Holy Spirit has something for all of us at all times, every single day, if we're paying attention. But we miss it if we're operating in offense through hurt, through bitterness, through jealousy, through unforgiveness, whatever it is that's going on in our heart that is anti-God. It's going to block us from our breakthrough. And I know she was blocked that day. And I'm not offended and I don't take it personally. And the pastor never revealed to me who it was, but the Holy Spirit did. So I knew who it was. And I still pray for her. Whenever the Holy Spirit puts her on my heart, I still pray for her. And this is almost 10 years later. Okay. So anyway, got offended, told the pastor, pastor calls me and yells at me over the phone so loud that my husband standing there heard. My husband was ready to jump through the phone, but I was like, just, you know, holding onto the phone, listening to the, what, what the pastor had said. He was yelling at me, telling me that I'm not allowed to share my testimony, that I never asked permission for that and things like that. And, you know, okay, I'm going to tell you that I did learn a lesson, even though I feel he was wrong and I was obeying God. It, it's not a bad idea to go to your pastor and say, Hey, how do you feel about me sharing my testimony at the group today? Okay. Lesson learned. I'll take that. But in this situation, I knew that the Holy Spirit was calling me to share my testimony that day. And I knew that I was obeying God because I was arguing with him and because it was hard and it was something I didn't want to do. Okay. But I did. I obeyed God. 
I got the backlash from the pastor. He was definitely very mad at me. So you would think I'd leave the church at that point, right? <laughs> Wrong. Still didn't leave. Didn't feel released. Um, they told me that they didn't need me to do women's study at my house anymore, that they were going to do it at their house and the wife was going to take over. And I was like, okay, that's fine. You know, I felt like I had already done what I was supposed to do. And I, I mean, I'm not going to try to step on anybody's toes. I'm not offended. It was like, okay, you know, that's, that's your choice. And we continued to stay and we continued to be involved. And I just served wherever the Lord had me. I served in children's and various places like that and built relationships and, oh, you know what? Let me back up. One of the things that he had said to me through that phone call, I said, well, what do you want me to do when somebody comes and asks for prayer? Because I told him, I said, you know, pastor, there's a lot of people that are coming to this church that need prayer. They're really hurting. They're, they're going through a lot in their homes and in their families. And he was so mad that I, he goes, don't you know that I'm the shepherd of this flock and I know what's going on with my flock and don't you dare. And I was like, Oh, okay. Okay. And I said, well, what do you want me to do if somebody comes? Cause he was telling me like to be quiet, to stay out. Like that's his job. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's not biblical by the way. And I said, well, what am I supposed to do when somebody comes to me and asks for prayer? He said, you send them to me. I don't want you praying for anybody anymore. So we still didn't leave. We still didn't feel released. We stayed for a period of time until we really prayerfully felt like it was time to go and um, I knew that we were going to get the backlash. And I knew that there was a group of people that still just didn't like me. I don't know, for whatever reason, they just didn't like me. After we left the church, one at a time, I noticed that the people that I did life with, including the women that um, I had in my home and um, poured into them, prayed with them, um, we did the Bible study together and things like that. Um, they all started unfriending me on Facebook <laughs> one at a time. And I went to the Lord. That, that was pretty hurtful. It hurt because I really poured into these people. And I didn't leave bitter. I didn't leave hurt. I didn't leave offended. I just, I knew it was time for us to go. We definitely were released. Uh, and, and again, it was way after um, all of the weird incidences. And there were other ones, but... Anyway, um, like obviously nobody ever told me that they were mad at me. They just disappeared from my life. And I went to the Lord and I said, God, what do I do? And he said, don't worry. Those that belong in your life will come back. Those that don't, I'm removing. And so I just left it with him and I moved forward. Down the road, it was less than a year later, my daughter was still friends with one of the the girls from the family that goes to that church. And she was over at our house and I walked into Kalina's bedroom to the girl on the phone with her dad and she happened to have it on speaker and I actually got to overhear exactly what was being said behind my back. I'm not going to repeat it. So I, I had confirmation that they were purposely ripping me apart and telling people to stay away from me um, and, and that really did hurt and I had to go to Jesus with that and I got some healing and release them, forgive them. Um, that's their brokenness. I'm not going to take it personally. I, I want to be able to move forward. The Bible says to forgive so we don't get a bitter root. I don't want a bitter root. I forgive. Um, but it was, it was actually also empowering because I was accurate in my discernment and it really, God started to show me that I could trust the discernment again. It was, it was continual affirmation that I could trust the discernment. 
And um, so, you know, God, he's healer. He healed my heart. I had to realize that um, that particular season, before I was even in full-time ministry, the enemy was already at work trying to use broken people as a pawn in his scheme to get me out of my position of stepping into leadership and ministry. I, I recognized it. I recognized that it was the work of the enemy that was trying to get me to give up, to give up on the church, to give up on people, to be angry, to be bitter, to be mad, to not love people the way I'm called to love and not be able to, from a place of wholeness and health, build up the body of Christ, which is what I'm called to do in ministry, build up the body of Christ. I could have so easily caved. I could have so easily given into it, but because I recognize the Holy Spirit at work, I refused to lay down. I was like, not today, Satan, you ain't winning. I see what you're doing. I see how you're using these broken people to get to me, to hurt me, to knock me out of my position, and I refuse. I'm going to stay in the position and the purpose and the plans that God has for me, and I was able to fully recognize the work of the devil. How many times have you gained momentum? Are you moving in a direction that you know God has called you to, and all of a sudden, it was like one after another, you're just getting verbally attacked. You're getting accused. You realize that the enemy is the accuser of the brethren? You realize that those people that he's using as a pawn in his schemes because they're broken and they need in the healing touch of Jesus? It's not you and it's not them. It's the accuser using them to accuse you, to get you to hate them. Do you realize that as soon as we start hating our brothers and sisters and we operate from that framework, we become ineffective for the kingdom of God? It would have been the same negative ripple effect that that church was operating in because they were hurt by people and hurting me and I could have continued on with that. I had to stand firm and say, no, I am not giving into this. I am not going to let this come in and shake me and break me and cost what God is doing and what he did in me through that season. And I believe that God is going to continue to do something. Years later, years later, there were a few women that came back. One in particular, I got a very long Facebook message and apology saying, I, and I'll tell you, I never knew she was one that was talking behind my back because I didn't have any proof. I just knew people were talking behind my back. So she did not have to confess this. It was so precious and her apology was so pure. And she was telling me that she ended up so hurt by that church. And she realized that she was also a part of hurting other people, that she was walking in criticism and judgment. And she was criticizing me and judging me and she was wrong. And she asked if, if I would forgive her. And because I didn't carry any bitterness or any offense, it was easy. I was like, oh my gosh, I so appreciate you. I love you. I forgive you. And we're friends today. So God told me, don't worry about anything. The people who belong in your life, they're going to come back. And the people who don't belong in your life, they won't. Don't worry about it. So I didn't worry about it. I can look back and I could tell you, and I, I've got so many different stories, but I'm, I'm just going to close it here. I can look back and I can tell you that every single situation that I experienced, God used it to train me, to position me, to refine me, to build me so that I can do what I'm doing today. You see, God has a purpose in our pain. And he wants us to go to him and hear what he has to say and actually apply his truth and forgive people and bless people and pray for people and not be so entangled in other people's messes that we become broken ourselves.
He wants us to have a personal relationship with him that is separate from our church community. He wants us to stop running away when we're hurt and run to him. I know many of you have experienced so much from churches, and I know that there has been leadership, and we we call it spiritual abuse. We've got a name for everything, and you know, it is. I mean, if you read a description on certain things, we've got narcissists and things like that. Like, okay, it's real, and it happens, but can I just tell you that when we start throwing around labels and putting it over people, we can't forgive them. We can't love them. We're holding something against them. We become very ineffective. We become bitter. We remain emotional reactive every single time we get triggered. And I just want to encourage you today that if you've been hurt by the church, it's not God's heart. It's from a brokenness in them that didn't get touched by the divine healer and they need healing too. And I'm not giving them permission and I am not justifying. I am not saying what they're doing is right. I 100% disagree with anybody who calls themselves a Christian who does not hold themselves to godly standards and actually apply biblical values in their life to the point where they are loving and encouraging and coming alongside their brothers and sisters and leading. And I'll, and I'll tell you, leaders are held to a higher standard, okay? So if a leader has really wronged you, I want you to know that God is your justice, and he sees it, and they do have to stand before the Lord. There are consequences for their messy, sloppy, controlling, irresponsible ways, but it is not God. It was not God. Don't filter your church experience or what you've experienced through a Christian and decide that is who your God is. He is a loving heavenly father. He is calling you to his heart. And if you've been hurt by the church, he's saying, come to me. I want to heal you. I want to strengthen you. I want to equip you. And I want to empower you because I have a good plan for you. Deal with the bitterness in your heart. Deal with what's blocking you from building community and being a part of the body of Christ. I'm telling you, it is the iron that sharpens iron. And when you think about iron that sharpens iron, it is not a comfortable hand-holding session that's singing kumbaya and everything's all rainbows and butterflies. Iron that sharpens iron don't feel good. Whether it's coming from an emotionally healthy person who's spiritually solid, who's calling you out and holding you accountable, or somebody who's messy and broken themselves and needs a healing touch from Jesus. God uses them both when you turn and run to him. And he heals your heart when there's residue left from somebody who did something that they shouldn't have done. You can trust him with everything. Trust him with your church hurt and allow him to show you what he has for you. And you will experience this as you cultivate a personal relationship with God in the secret place and you learn that your relationship with him has to be separate from your church community. Don't run away from the church. Run to him. Thank you for joining me today. I'm believing the Holy Spirit met you powerfully through this week's episode of Not Just Talk. Now for the real part. Let's take this conversation beyond talk and live it in our daily lives. Amen? Don't forget to check out my newly released book. I'm really excited. It's called Ripple Effect, a transformational journey into God's heart that will change you from the inside out. It's available now on your favorite online bookstore, Amazon, or you can order a signed copy direct through my website, 
jillianahonan.com. Also, did you know that we have a ministry app where you can receive direct notifications for everything we have going on beyond this weekly podcast? Just search Jillian Ahonan Ministries in your app store and download it for free. And please, I'd love to see your face on social media. Connect with me on my public Facebook page or on Instagram. I hang out there daily. Don't forget to subscribe and come back next week for another episode of Not Just Talk. Hugs and blessings, family.